Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. I want to invite uh, a, a great friend of mine, a uh, special guest. We have just developed an amazing relationship over the last little bit, um, and it's our joy, um, uh, Pastor Corinne and I, and also Hope United to partner with uh, Minister Andrew Holmes and four kids. So will you give a big, big hand to Minister Andrew Holmes today? Love you, brother. Um, this is Mission Sunday, and I think it's so important that we're able to not just focus on what God is doing inside, but what God is doing outside the four walls of the church. And so that's what I want to do today. Um, let's pray before we get started. God, I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our hearts, all that you're doing in our lives. God, let us hear uh, your voice um, in a powerful and pertinent way. God, you know where we are in our journey of faith and the contribution that you want us to make to those around us. So God, help us to be your sons and daughters, your faithful followers um, as we listen to these words. God, let them be words of life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen, amen, amen. So um, like I was saying, this is Mission Sunday and we're always trying to give back. Um, Hope United is always trying to give back. And Four Kids is one of these amazing uh, ministries, charities at, that we believe in and we work with. And Minister Andrew Holmes, we met a few years back ago and we just immediately connected. And um, we're so excited that you're here. Please give him a hand. Um, so this is this is great. You're able to work out in your schedule to be here because you're a, a new dad again, uh, a husband. Uh, you got a growing tribe at home. You're a minister, a musician, and a champion to children all over South Florida. So um, I, I want to kind of fill everybody in a little bit, and then I'll let you take it from there. But you have a background um, in DCF. And you've seen some terrible things happen yep. with families and broken homes and drugs and abuse and kids mistreated. And you've rescued many, many kids. But then the Spirit started to move in your heart and say, there's a better way for us to handle this challenge. Yep. And so talk to us a little bit about that. Well, church, it's so good to be with you this morning. Um, man, every time I come here, it's like it's just thick with the spirit of God, with the presence of God. And that, yes, that's worthy of applause. He's good. Um, it's so awesome. I do have my wife here and my newborn son in the back. Yeah. So if you see my wife duck out with some ninja moves, it's just because he's a month and a half old. That's why. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thank you, Pastor. Really appreciate just God's heart that's over this house. It's needed in the body of Christ. The body of Christ needs to experience what is happening here. It's a beautiful expression of his heart. And um, as Pastor said, yeah, I, I began my work um, through DCF 
uh, it really, I never looked at it like this, but it, it literally was the beginnings of the ministry uh, that God's trusted me with. Um, and I, I found that as uh, a, a part of DCF is, it's Department of Children and Families, it's uh, um, a department of the state of Florida, and I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with it. You know, you know what happens. But my particular role was being an investigator to investigate abuse, neglect, and abandonment. And along my journey, I found that the people who knew the Lord, the people who knew Jesus, had the best results with dealing with these families. The children that encountered the love of God had a completely different experience than those who didn't. And it, it, the light bulb started to go off a little bit, and I'm like, man, what if we, the church, could take over this space? What if we, the church, could be the ones that meet every child that is experiencing a type of loss or abuse? What if we, the ones, can help minister to those families who are struggling with maybe knowing how to parent and doing things the right way? What if we, the church, could be the ones to, to express and show the love of God? What could that mean? It could mean lives changed forever. So that's, that's what I'm finding. That's what I'm seeing here. Yeah, and I, I love it when you have, um, give God the hand. Uh, I love it when we have these moments that God just shakes us and moves us and we, we're, we're never the same. We can't stay in the same place. And so that's really what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks is how when God's love affects you. You can't stay still. You can't keep on doing the same thing you were doing before because God's love moves you. It challenges you to get out there and do something. Yeah. You know, it's, this is what the relationship with God is. I'm loving God, and now I'm loving others, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and, and mind, and spirit, and, and love your neighbor, right? And so we're learning. As we're loving him, we're learning to love each other. And so his love, you know, and we talked about all you need is love. Like, really, when you get this divine love in you, every, every good and perfect thing is going to flow out of that position of love. And, um, you know, of course, we see that in James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from our Heavenly Father. And then John tells us that God is love. So we, we know that what we're receiving from God is from a place of divine love. And the more we get full of God, the more we should be full of his love. And so how has that love, how has that love changed you? It's an excellent question. Um, it's changing me even now. You know, if you really just open your heart right now, like God, who is love, is in you, he's constantly changing you. I mean, he's here right now in the room changing you. It's like this ever-flowing stream of just from going glory to glory and it's happening right before your very eyes like you're being changed i'm being changed we're all being changed all the time by the love of god and i can remember some specific instances where like i encountered the the real love of god i remember being um a little boy in the fourth grade man and like we were having some something at church and it was like a kid's lock-in and and somebody prayed for me and i remember like my whole life changed. I really felt God. And I remember like I, I was, it's almost like I blacked out. I was, I just went and I was like on the floor and I was laying on the floor for two hours as a kid. I can't get my kids to sit still for two minutes, but here I am <laughs> on the floor for two hours and just experiencing the love of God. And it marked me. 
And the love of God will mark you. And throughout my life, I came across, in high school and college, I call that my testimony building years. Um, when I was building that testimony, God's goodness, every time I was doing something dumb, man, every time I was out there in the world, like, I remember him being with me when he shouldn't have been. And that's his love. And, and ultimately, like, as, as, as I grew up and, like, you know, found him again, it was his love that that kept me close. It was his love that, that gave me a passion, even for the thing, for his things. It's so weird. It's like God's love will draw you closer to him. As you said, it'll draw you, you like, you, once you taste and see, like, you can't go back. When you encounter the real love of God, he ruins you. You're no good to the world. You're no good to the old things of life. It's like everything inside of me belongs to him. And I love what you said. That vertical response manifests in a horizontal response. And it compels you to love like Jesus did. Man, everywhere he went, the poor, the broken, the hurting, the vulnerable, they were all cared for. And that really is, is, is how his love is manifesting in my life. It's been there the whole time. Yeah. It motivates yeah. me, man. But you're right. It's like it evolves. As we grow, it, it, it grows in us and as we allow more of his love in our lives, we see ourselves going from glory to glory, from, you know, victory to victory. Now we're, we're growing as a person because of the amount of, of his love that we've allowed to be inside of us. And we talked about this motivation. God's love motivates us. God's love wakes us up at night and gives us a dream, gives us a purpose and says, man, do this. Be a blessing. You know, Abraham, even back to Abraham, it's like, I'm blessing you, Abraham, to be a blessing. You know, so God's love is upon us so that we can be a blessing. And we've been talking about, you know, this whole concept of, you know, James 2.26. You know, faith without works is dead, right? Um, just like the, the, the body is dead w w without the spirit, so faith, is, faith without works is dead. So if the church doesn't have an expression of our love, then our love is really not there. It's dead. It's, it, James, in certain translation, it says that faith, that type of faith is useless. I love that. You know, it's, it's lifeless. And so if, if your love doesn't compel you to do something for others, then that, is that love really alive in you? And so I, I want to talk about, I want you to talk to us about what God's love has motivated you to do because it, it 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 really just shifted you in your career field and the way that you were doing ministry. Yeah, yeah. How did his love motivate you? Um, you know, when you when you understand that, like <laughs> we're not just called to be Christians and sit down and be Christians, and we go home and we love that we're Christians, and we we sit at our tables and we're Christians, and we're just existing. As, like, that's not what Christianity, following Christ, really is. To be a Christian, if you break down the word, it means to be a little Christ, a mini Christ, a mini Messiah. That we're, we are not Jesus, but he lives in us, and we are to be like him in the world, right? So it's, it's crazy, like, how you... How you go through life and, and, and not be motivated. But for me specifically, man, it like when, when I encounter this love and I understand what this love has allowed me to do. I mean, I know you all have been learning this and I don't know exactly what you said, but I'm just going to say what the Holy Spirit put on my heart. Love is like this force. 
It is this supernatural force. It is an X factor. It is the thing that sets you above the rest. It is the thing that changes destinies. It is the things that make makes the wrong things right. This love, it is the solution. Love is everything because God himself is love. And for me specifically, man, it, it, it goes back to like love causes me to, to love him vertically. Like I don't know if you guys have just sensed what's going on in the world. It's like it's been... It's been drawing me to intimacy with the Lord. It's motivating me to be intimate with God because everything that everybody's saying on the news, on media outlets, like it, it feels like it's all so fickle. It feels like it can't sustain me. It feels like it can't give me life. Now, that's not an excuse to not be aware of what's going on in the world, but it, it just drives me to him. God, I'm seeing this happen in Ukraine. Show me how to pray. Show me how to love. God, I'm seeing this happen with COVID and, and how people are responding. Show me how to love. Show me what to do. It's driving me to this vertical response of intimacy that manifests in this horizontal response. Now, I take what I've received from him and I am to give it. Right? Silver and gold have my number. What I have I give to you. Right? That is what we get. From the kingdom of heaven, that is that motivation. And for me specifically, every day that I wake up, I'm thinking about these kids in foster care, man. I'm thinking about these families. I'm thinking every day, like, I never really knew that ministry could be that. But ministry is this everywhere you go. And I know we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get into the mission of Forkers. But I just want to say this right now. Everywhere the church has gone, there has been the caring of orphans. Matter of fact, the reason why orphan care is what it is in the world today is because of these people to who 2,000 years ago, they begin to go and minister to children. These people were the followers of Christ. That's why we even can do this. So to answer a very long <laughs> answer, right? It motivates me to be intimate, to love him this way. And then my outward ministry is in this space of foster care. To love on those, to equip those, even to prevent those from entering the system. You told the testimony last time. You don't have to tell it unless you want to tell it. But it was, it was so powerful and so moving how you were at this place. And you're seeing these terrible things happen with kids. And you're investing the, investigating these things. But you felt the Spirit saying you needed to be preventative. You need to see you need to get out in front of this and see how can we help these kids get into more healthy spaces? Yeah. How can we even assist families that are struggling yeah. so it doesn't get to that point? So th this is, you know, we talk about love challenging you and motivating you and compelling you to be the change that the world needs. I I I, I love that. So you went from investigating the problem to being part of the solution um, and because that's those are the type of Holy Spirit strategies that, that he gives us. But God gives us opportunities to love, right? First John 4, 7. Yep. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Yeah. So everybody that's going around showering love, they have had some type of experience with God. Because God reveals himself as love. And so every day God gives us opportunities. Big opportunities, small opportunities, medium-sized opportunities um, to really show his love. So how do you find yourself... Um, 
right now in this season of your life, really showing and sharing the love of God? So good. Um, that's a great question. And what, like, just even thinking about being here, man, I got to tell you, like, I've, I literally, in thinking about coming today, felt the Spirit of God wow. before even coming here. Yeah. I just thought about being here. And I, you know, like, it's really awesome when you, like, describe the presence of God, like, when you put language to the presence of God. We all know the presence of God, but, like, I begin to feel, like, that tenderness in my heart and that lump that starts to get in your throat. When you know that he comes in the room, you know, like, I begin to f just thinking about being here today, man. And, like, as I'm uh, pondering about what the Lord wants to do here, the answer that I have to this question, man, and I've really, really been saying it's in my family, man. Like, how he's been, like, allowing me to show love and allowing me to express this is, like, in the way that I, that I watch my wife who's here today, and hopefully I get points for this, but like, <laughs> um, in my family, man, having a, a new son, I mean, I'll, I'll share this with you. Uh, my son's name is Andrew Christopher Holmes, and um, three years ago, uh, my younger brother went home to be with the Lord, 26 years old, and it was the hardest thing I've ever had to walk through. It was completely, uh, it, it was... Um, Nobody saw it coming. Uh, it was an. It was yes, not not an accident per se, but he had a, a heart condition that nobody knew. Not even him. He had. And he was at the gym, and and that's where he went to go home to be with the Lord. And I just, I had to walk through that grief, man. I had to walk through that pain. I know my God is good. I know my God can raise people from the dead. I know my God can do miracles. But what happens when what we're believing for doesn't happen? Does it change His goodness? Does it change his resurrection power? Does it change the miraculous? No, it doesn't. It just means that he is sovereign and I am not. He knows things that I don't know. And my process is, is allowing him to write the story and trusting him and still, as believers, continuing to believe. Because believers believe, right? In my family, naming my son... Andrew Christopher, after me and my brother, loving on my wife, giving my daughters an extra hug, you know? Holding my son at night. It's, it's, it's how I move to show the love of God. And it starts in my own home. <laughs> how, can I, how can I encourage families to become families for hurting children if I'm not an encouragement to my children who haven't experienced hurt? If I don't love my wife like Christ loved the church? Like that's where it starts. It starts when you leave and you go out into the parking lot and you have an opportunity to choose life or to choose death, to choose the right thing or to choose the wrong thing, right? I mean, it, it doesn't, in those moments when you're pulling on a trap and somebody cuts you off, it doesn't seem like life or death, right? But I'm telling you, the more you can put these decisions together, the more of an influence you can be because God can trust you with the little things so he gives you the big things. To my family, man, to my family, that's where I'm seeing like love. I'm looking in my daughter's eyes. And, like, just her beautiful brown eyes. Like, I can't even explain it, man. Look and knowing that I'm her father and I get to shape her and mold her. I don't know. That's where I'm seeing love manifest to me on a day-to-day -day basis. Before the even big work of going out and, and, and causing the church to rise up in the space of foster care starts in my own home. Yeah. That's so key. That's so key because um, a lot of people... You know, they, they miss that component. 
and then they're out there trying to help everybody else, and they haven't built up the foundation that they need at home. So it's important to have both and, and to always start at home. That's so good. So let's, let's flip and talk about this mission. Um, God has used you to be a champion for children in South Florida. And um, it's a big, big vision, um, a home for every child. Talk to us about that. Huge. And I remember last time, it's so crazy um, to see what has happened over the course of a year yeah. with, with what God has been doing in, in four kids. And I just want to take a second to thank each and every one of you. We, a lot of us had conversations last time I was here. A lot of you have been praying for four kids. A lot of you have gotten plugged in in some way. I just want to say thank you. Because without those prayers, I wouldn't be able to boast on the things of the Lord. Four Kids is expanding. We're going on to the west coast of Florida, right? We're also, between us, we're going down to Miami. Getting ready to go down to Miami. Yeah. Like he's expanding this ministry that started in Broward, moved to Palm Beach, and, and in the Treasure Coast. Now he's going over to the west coast of Florida. We're in southwest Florida, and now we're going down to Miami. Like God is expanding, right? Our tent pegs, if you will. Um, and we've been able to see, man, uh, when, when we talked about prevention, right, keeping kids um, in their biological families' homes, trying to have them avoid foster care, we've been able to serve over 1,000 kids in prevention. 1,000, right? And that means that those kids, without the church Stepping up and serving them may have entered the foster care system, but because of people like you that sit in the pews and in, and in the chairs and churches meeting the needs of these people and families, people are knowing the love of Christ. A thousand kids like that gets, gets a touch from Jesus Christ. Now, the big, the big goal, man, when I was saying this to you before, I had a vision, right? A vision of, a, of Christians um, becoming that home for every child. And now, like... It has become more practical. In Broward County, based on all the numbers and the data that we get from DCF and our own foster data, if we as four kids are able to have 43 more homes, now that's not representative of, of a, the numeric value of children, just homes. Some homes willing to take one child, some homes willing to take sibling groups. If we get 43 more homes, we will be able to say yes to every child we're called to place. Let that sink in for a second. When, when the state of Florida looks at what's happening in Broward County, sees that there are 43 additional homes that have come in the month of May, and that whenever four kids gets a call to take a kid, they don't say no. We are literally making history. The church is making history. The church, Jesus gets the credit for solving the foster care crisis. If we get those 43 homes. That doesn't mean we stop, right? Because we have to continue to do the work. We have to continue to give foster families. But we are so close to actually seeing this thing happen. So powerful. So powerful. And, and I, I'm not done. But, but just, just, just quickly, yeah. how if somebody wanted to be involved, what are the different ways that we can partner? Because we're always looking for ways to partner. Yeah. And, and, and Four Kids is one of the partners that we have. How can we get involved? Yeah. Everyone can pray. We have specific targeted prayer cards. I'll please, everyone, take one before you leave, um, and we'll make them available digitally for your online audience. But um, pray. That's why we're even here to begin with. That's the first thing that everyone can and should do. Number two, the hardest thing, foster. 
If, you, if, you have, if you're in that place of life where you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart and saying, this is for you. The other things are good, but this is for you. Come talk to me. We can lay out the next steps of what that looks like for you. Um, the third thing is be involved. Be a volunteer. Can you cook? Can you bring food? Can you cut grass? Can you babysit? Families who have that type of support, we call it FAM support, Family Advocacy Ministry. Families who have FAM support foster twice as long, two times as long as a family without that kind of support. So just simply being a part of the story, simply being a part of, of helping a foster family foster allows them to foster longer and stronger, which means they're able to take in more kids and minister the love of Jesus to them. Almost double the amount of time as people who don't have that. And lastly, uh, the preventative end, being a part of serving as we shared, the 1,000 kids. Now it's more. I think we're up to, as of today, I think we're close to 1,100. Serving these families who, and I'll just explain how that works. Um, instead of calling like um, calling a DCF report to have the children removed, if the issue is, let's just say, like uh, financial hardships, you're not able to keep the power on, things like that. Instead of the uh, investigator calling or making the removal based on, uh, you know, economical circumstances, before they do that, they put go on their computer and they submit a need. Hey, the, the, the Jones family um, needs $335 to cover two power bills. The church can say, I'm responding, and yes, we want to cover that. The church covers that cost. It allows that mom or dad or both to keep their children. And every time they're having dinner at the table and she's looking and they're looking at their kids, they know that the reason those kids are still in their care is because of the church. Help cover their power bill. That's called prevention. Super simple. We also need those to help in prevention. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, and this is the whole thing that God really started to move on me and Pastor Corinne's heart. We first took over nine years ago that God really wanted to do a movement of horizontal. Yeah. yeah, because I think a lot of times it's easy for churches to get this going on. It's vertical. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. But then let me tell you something. The longer that you talk to Jesus, the more Jesus starts to say, hey, now listen, yeah. <laughs> this is what I need you to do on yes. Monday. Yeah. OK, yeah. and so sometimes we focus too much on the weekend and not enough on the week. On what, you know, when our feet hit the pavement and how we minister horizontally, how we minister, how we become the Good Samaritan. So um, I think that's so very important. Now, let's let's make it personal for all the families out there. Right. Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather. Bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Yeah. Um, and so not only are we doing things on the mission field, we have a personal mission field at home. Yeah. Uh, I know this message of love has, is at home. That Andrew, not only are you rescuing all these kids, you have, like you were saying before, you have your kids at home. As many of us here today, we have kids at home. Um, how does God's love impact the way that you father? I love that question because um, I've spent a significant amount of time studying that, looking at that societally, biblically. Um, and before I even mention that, I just want to say to all the mothers in the room, all the mothers that will be watching 
God has uniquely gifted you for an incredible ministry. Homes cannot be what they are without mothers. Kids cannot be what they are without mothers. Mothers are the glue to everything. That's why God created woman. Right? That's why God expressed his divine character by making two. Image of God, mothers have a, have a heart of God that fathers don't have the ability to express. So moms, I want to honor you today. Be it that it's May, right? I want to honor you. The work you do is incredible. But the question was fathers, right? Because I'm a father. So how does the love of God impact my fathering? I know, and I hope this truth sticks in your hearts, dads, and moms to encourage husbands, fathers. Fathers implant in their children what the character of God is. Oftentimes, if, if, if somebody has a poor view of Father God, it's because of a, a break in their relationship with their own father. Most of the issues that people have in this world have a trace root back to a father issue. I mean, it's science. It's, it's studied. It's proven. To the tune of the state of Florida released $70 million to help strengthen fathers, different programs to support fathers. Science shows if you bring dads to school, kids do better in school. Let me read you some statistics. 39% of children, 39% increase, you're more likely to get aid. Uh, um, listen to me. 39% you are more likely as a child to get A's in school if your father is involved. Whew, that one got out. 45% less likely to repeat a grade if your father is involved. 60% less likely to be suspended or expelled from school if your father is involved. Two times as likely to go to college and find stable employment if your father is involved. 75% less likely to have a teen birth if your father is involved. 80% less likely to spend time in jail if your father is involved. Of families who are saved, if the child is saved first... There's a 3.5% chance that the family will be saved, probability. If the mother is saved first, there's a 17% chance, probability, that the rest of the family will be saved. If the father is saved first, there's a 93% chance that the family will be saved. The love of God, how does it impact my fathering when I know that my family... My children will see who God is by the way I deal with them. I'm not perfect, man. No, I make mistakes every single day, but I'm a good dad. If we can get that, if we can see the power, and, and, and moms and, and, and wives, your, your role is huge. We talked about it before, but specifically because I'm a father. We have such a responsibility to convey the character and the heart of God to our children. We can impact this generation with all the stuff going on in the world. How do you, how are you confused about a gender? How does, how does that even happen? Well, we're there. We're there. We have to show, we have to father them. We have to instill truth in them. We have to love them. We have to correct them. We have to lead them the way that God calls us to lead them. That's the impact of love. My father. Amen. That's so good. Um, and I was talking with one of our men. Uh, in our men's ministry and just talking about stepping up as men and as dads in the house because sometimes people are in a position where there's not a dad in the house and, and they need that type of 
reinforcement. They need that type of support. They need those type of prayers. They need just a man in the church to be available. Um, And so um, I'm excited to see that stir in the men of the church that they say, let me step up and be a father type figure um, when and where it's needed, when it's asked for. Not that you intrude upon other people's situation, but to be available because you never know how God can use you. And so, um, so excited about some of the men and some of the fathers in this house and their heart, how they're reflecting the character of God. One last thing. If there was one last thing um, that just brings this message home about love, the love of God, what, what thought would you leave us with? You said it right when we first started. And it's out of Mark 12, verse 32, 31. Love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Church, we are in the midst of revival. We are in the midst of the greatest move of God that the earth will ever see. It's happening right now. You can, whatever, however you, you know, get information, you can see it. You can see the fulfillment of Scripture. Prophetically, you see that that there's this call, this greatest awakening that the church has ever seen. It's happening. You look at COVID and the way the church has been reformed and reformed. You look at all these things and, and, and you can see there's a reformation and out of that reformation is a revival of God's people. I have friends all over this, this community and some of them at different types of churches, different denominations. I have a friend that's at a Presbyterian, Presbyterian church and he said to me, Andrew, At a Presbyterian church, we are seeing people run to the altar, raising their hands, asking for the Lord to come and live in them, for the Holy Spirit to fill them like never before. With no teaching or prompting, that is the Spirit. It's happening in Florida. That is the Spirit of God. So the last thing I'd leave you with this is there are two things. Whenever that presents itself, get intimate with Him vertically. And do whatever he tells you to do horizontally. Do not, do not stay seated when the love of God compels you to be Jesus in the earth. Whatever it is that he's telling you to do, just do it. Abandon everything with wisdom and do it. Because the reward is tremendous. That would be what I would leave you guys with today. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray today. God, I thank you for your love, for your love that continually changes us, continually transforms us, continues to elevate us from wherever we are. God, all we need is love, your divine love that touches us, that transforms us, that saves us, that changes us, and that causes us to love not only you, but love horizontally, to love our neighbor, to be your instrument of love to a world in need. God, I thank you for that challenge. I thank you for what you're speaking to us. I thank you, God, for how you're challenging us to do more because it's time. It's time. There's an awakening. There is greater problems in the world today than ever before. But there's also the power of God being released upon the earth like never before. The Spirit of God flowing from the love, the position of love of God. 
And so I speak that you would not only sense that love, but that you would receive that love today, that you would feel that love, and that you would express that love in all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God the praise today. And I want to thank once again Minister Andrew for being uh, with us today. And I'm going to let him leave really quickly because he's going to be back there in the back if you have questions for him or you just want to, uh, just want to meet him. He's going to be back there. And uh, he is such an amazing man, pure heart, heart after kids. And so we're happy to have him. And I want to encourage you today that no matter what you have, that God has given you a dream and you need to walk that dream out. God has given you a vision. This is your time. It's time. Look at somebody and say, it's time. Thanks again for listening. If you like this message, make sure to like and share. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, share hope with someone today.